welcome to episode 280 of the the show mission two men one podcast every black film ever made we are here to review hidden figures space math (laughs) yes space math Starring Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet, as well as Kevin Costner, in a film that was selected by our very special guest, Joanne Griffith of American Public Media. Thank you again and welcome, Joanne. Oh, yes, welcome. Thank you welcome. so much for, for having me. You know, we're we're big mission mission fans in, in our household. So I am I am truly honored to be here with you all. Oh, our pleasure. Now, you said that um, you um, buried the lead a little bit there, Joanne, because you said that Hidden Figures is one of your favorite movies. It is one of my favorite movies. You know, I am a huge, you know, even though I've spent, what, 20 plus years working in audio as a journalist, I, you know, I still harbor dreams of, um, you know, going to space as a kid. I was always fascinated with with space, you know, for years, like legit for years until I was well into my teenage years. I I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to find some kind of way to be involved in space exploration. Um, Unlike the characters in in Hidden Figures, though, I am not good at math (laughs) in in (laughs) any way, shape or form. So that particular avenue was perhaps closed to me. but you know, just to kind of see a movie based on a you know based on a true story, I love biographies as well. So knowing that it was based mm-hmm. on a true story, you know that it completely elevated and celebrated not just black women but smart black women, people who actually yeah. did, mm-hmm. people who went through these experiences. I, I I I just loved it, and it also was that blend of space exploration, talking about race, racism gender the civil rights movement and just kind mm-hmm. of how you know we saw that blend of science and also what was happening culturally and politically at the time and i just thought it was so smart so clever and and kind of educational too because i know for me personally i don't know about you all or anyone who's on um, who's listening in you know Catherine johnson dorothy vaughn mary jackson were not people that i had ever heard about and that was as someone who really Most people, no, so, not at all. You know, from that point of view, I'm like, I say to my kid, you got to sit down and watch this because, yeah, you know, there's a bit of artistic license and stuff in there, but this is this is history. This is our history, um, and stuff that's really important. So, yeah, I will watch. I, I actually watched the movie again last night in preparation for our talk today, and still holds up, still fresh, still great. That's great. That's, that that's is really great. cool. That's really cool. We are going to get into our review of Hidden Figures in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a couple of pieces of business that we like to take care of here on this show, as always. First, beginning with our listener mail. Um, missives from the missionaries. That is true. Our show missionaries, they do like to hit us up. And we have a RMJ movie reviews. Okay. Who has actually been going through our back catalog, it seems. Oh, hey, RMJ Movie Reviews. Has commentary about our review of Penitentiary 2, as well as our review of Drop Squad. Okay. Now, okay. I'll read his um, co- comment about Drop Squad, um, which was the movie from 1994 that we reviewed mm-hmm. recently. He said, this was an interesting film. It was complicated and uncomfortable, but I'd love to... I loved 
to watch it again, or I would love to watch it again. I just remember all the torture scenes and offensive commercials uh, with Spike Lee. The cast is insane with 90s black character actors. I remember my father's friends at the time saying how much they hated the film. Mm. And, and I'm sorry that I can't find it anywhere, is what RMJ was saying. Oh, how did we watch that? I believe that was we- Was that a DVD? No, that was, that was streaming someplace. I thought it was, yeah. okay. Yeah, so you can, you can, it's out there to be found, oh, RMJ. Yeah. He also left comments, as I mentioned, about Penitentiary 2. The sequel. The sequel. To Penitentiary. Yes. <laughs> he said, yeah, Penitentiary 2 is dreadful. <laughs> uh, as I recall, Roger Ebert gave it uh, zero stars. Leon, Leon Isaac Kennedy always had on-screen charisma, but once he talks, it fades <laughs> quickly. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't, I can't knock that. That's that, that's real talk right there. It's a shame he wasn't in silent films. It is a shame, mm-hmm. very much a shame. We also heard from George Camona. That's hey, George. George Camona hit us up about trading places. Yes, gents and missionaries. Arg, I say. I was trying hard to make it for the live Trading Places broadcast since I missed it. Here are my random thoughts that I couldn't put in the comments. <laughs> I love Six Degrees of Derville Martin. Oh, I'm yeah. Going to say this part should be like the Borg, only use it for sweeps and or it should connect <laughs> to the movie being reviewed. Which is an, an, an interesting note that I actually thought of last week and... You'll see how it plays a part tonight. Okay. I Oh, I am ready tonight. Oh, are you? We'll see. We'll see. Um, ba, 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 ba. Side note, you guys were so close with Farrah Fawcett. Uh, he gives us Farrah, uh, Derville Martin to Catherine Hepburn, to Jane Fonda, to Dolly Parton, to Burt Reynolds, who was in Cannonball Run with Farrah Fawcett. And I could have gotten it this week. You you could have. You could have. You you. People don't know. Vincent is waiting on pins and needles. For pins our and needles. <laughs> um, missing on the single black character list. I think there's like shows that have just a single black character. Mm-hmm. Isaac from The Love Boat, the bartender. Yes. That's a good one. That's that a is one. a good one. Venus Flytrap from mm, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. Freddie Boom Boom Washington from Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> and Benson, who was not only the single black male or person on soap, he would go on to be spun off. Yes. To be the only black male on his own show. Right, right. Benson. And ascended to what, Lieutenant Governor? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. With Nary a black person around. Nary a black person around. <laughs> also, I completely agree with Vincent about Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka, and I would add Young Frankenstein. He's a complete a-hole in that one, too. Yeah, yeah. I always forget he's in Young Frankenstein. Oh, he's like... I know, I know. I, what I realize is I always forget about Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so that was uh, George Camona's email thank you george to us and as i mentioned we also heard from belinda silver who said uh 
she enjoyed our recently run Star Trek special, uh, Jordy LaForge. And the yeah, well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad you posted that. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Um, I'm, much, I'm much older than you and probably most of your missionaries. When I was in my teens being nerdy and discussing Star Trek or liking anything perceived as white, such as the Beatles or steamed broccoli, which <laughs> I didn't know that steamed broccoli was a... Was a, was a white thing. Joanne, were you aware that steamed broccoli, <laughs> the love of steamed broccoli is a, apparently a, a white phenomenon? No, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, my people come from that Southern tradition of you just cook everything down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a lot of steamed vegetables until I was older. I'll allow that. Okay. Um, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of al dente in the house. It was like <laughs> it. It really wasn't. It so you never had like like the mixed vegetables that that came in like that frozen mm-hmm. rectangle, and then your mother like put it in the boiling water, and then it was almost like a mush by the time she was finished with yep. it. No, that's not not how my mom cooked. No, yeah. I don't know how your mother cooked. Yeah, my mother yeah. didn't cook with a with a brick of vegetables that she put. I know it's the mixed vegetables. No, no, my mom. Well, first of all, my mom. I gotta be honest. My mom cooked most of her vegetables from cans. So okay, it was like canned string beans. Sure. Um, I she they didn't have canned broccoli though, and she didn't cook it down. No, she didn't cook it down. Didn't cook it down. She you got to cook, cook it, it down. down. She didn't cook it down. She just All right. boiled it for a little bit and, All right. and then put it on a plate. But she put it on top of the mashed potatoes so it tasted good. Okay. Mixed it with the mashed potatoes. It just mix it up. It mixed it all around. All right. Well, apparently steamed broccoli was a white. <laughs> apparently steamed broccoli. <laughs> Look at you over there eating that steamed broccoli. <laughs> Uh, when I was a teen, being nerdy and discussing Star Trek or liking anything perceived as white, that was the kiss of death. Even the way you spoke could get you teased and ridiculed. Has this perception changed and is being nerd cool in the hood? Belinda Silver asked us a question. Well, I would say mm-hmm. that the truth of the matter is, especially with the rise of Marvel films mm-hmm. and you know, Disney pretty much owning everything and and Apple TV just blowing up and, and just the, the whole the whole how the techs the tech world had you know taken media and exploded it that nerd culture is now synonymous with pop culture. Right. So being into that nerdy stuff is seen as cool. I mean, proof proof is you and I mm-hmm. are sitting in a room mm-hmm. that is adorned from the floor to the ceiling. It is. In Batman. It is. And everybody that comes in here says, this is so cool. Hey, man, you cool it in the other side of the pillow. <laughs> 20 years ago? I'd have been beat upside the head with multiple pillows <laughs> for having a room full of Batman. Yeah. So, it you know, what was once nerdy is now what is hip. I think we won. 
That's what it is. Yeah, I think we won. And we always knew we would. I know. That's why we persevered. I know. And we kept our comics <laughs> in long boxes. That's right. Bagged and bored. Bagged and bored. <laughs> hidden in the basement. Until, because we knew the day would come <laughs> when we could display them on shelves. Right. Joanne, we're having a moment. We're having a no, moment. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I mean, I was, I was always a nerd as a kid and that you know and that kind of translated to I love books I love music you know mm-hmm. I kind of you know I was okay at, at some sports but yeah I, I think this is kind of the nerds moment has come and like everyone's kind of like yeah yeah like I'm a nerd I'm a nerd and I'm like don't be one of those kind of I, 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 right. I just came nerd like don't don't jump on the train now right, that it's right. cool like if you weren't beaten up bullied ridiculed for the stuff that you like, you're, like you're not a nerd. Like, sit down. Do you know what I mean? So you said that you said that you were a no, nerd, Joanne. Where where was your your nerddom? What was you what were you really geeky My about? My nerddom was books, reading, mm-hmm. and I I play the flute, and I started playing the flute when I was really? yeah, when I was when nice. I was pretty young. And it was not something that my friends had any interest in doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only, I, I was one of a very small handful of black kids at my school. You can hear from my accent. I'm, I'm from the UK. But yeah, you know, my my evenings were spent, you know, I would, <laughs> I, my parents would buy me these like duet books. And so I would record the melody and then I would rewind it back because mm-hmm. this is like, this is, I'm aging myself now. This is kind of on old school cassette, cassette tapes. I'd then rewind it black mm-hmm. and then I would play the mm-hmm. harmony and I would do that all evening. And then I was, when I was done, I would read a book. Like that was, that was my life until I discovered sport. And then, you know, I was nerdy about that too, but yeah, it was, it was music, music and books. That sounds like a nice evening. Yeah. I, I wish Playing I could do that now with yourself as an adult. Then... <laughs> I don't have time to do yeah. that now, but yeah, it was great. Do you still play the flute? Do you still? I do. I do not as much as I would like to, but my son is learning how to play the piano. So I kind Mm -hmm. of am learning a little bit along with him, but we'll we'll sometimes kind of, he'll play and I'll I'll take out my flute and and play alongside him. So he's a little little nerd now too. He's, I literally have kind of created a a smaller version of me in that he really enjoys music. He loves to read, loves to read, loves to read. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like it's out Excellent. of control. He gets in trouble at school for, for reading too much and like rushing through his work to be able to, <laughs> to, able to kind of get to the books. But yeah, and he wants to be an astronaut. So I'm like, all right, like, get out of I'm here. Like, do it. Do it all. It's great. Oh, wow. That is cool. Listen, being, being still... nine is, is pretty awesome. See, and on cue, he just ran behind me. Oh. Look at it. He's like, I say it's a, it's a cameo. Come on in. Come on in. Come, come. I was just talking about you. Wow. Hey, there. Oh, hey. Future astronaut. About I to love take it. Off. Oh, we see you. All right. Okay, now he's gone. Look at oh, well, we had a sighting. He may he may have a future in mind too. He kind of did that that walk down. <laughs> pretty dope so nerd (laughs) nerd nerd i like it i love it's interesting you said that you you read books so i had a question for for vincent that somebody asked me and you can answer this too joanne okay do you know what book 
you have read the most often like you reread the most often and why did why did you read it oh my goodness at this point probably parable of the sower oh octavia Octavia butler Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i read it for pleasure i read it for my dissertation a lot yeah 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 and i teach it okay okay so i i I, yeah i i i read parable of the sower a lot now do you find yourself reading it now more because of the school or do are you still pulling out different things each time you read it both yeah both because i do think a great book you see something new Mm -hmm. every time you read it cool and what about you, Joanne? I would say The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I mm. pull that out. I, I think I first read it as a teen. And I, mm-hmm. I had a copy like for years. I think I must have given it to my sister. And actually during the pandemic, my husband and I actually kind of, we got two copies and started reading it again. But it's one of those, I don't know, I kind of like read at various times in life my original copy had like you said whenever you read a book another time you always pull out something new or something different so my old version was was highlighted had notes down the side all all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff so Mm -hmm. i think probably that and then someone actually just put it in the chat about the color purple i think that would probably be another one too Mm -hmm. that that i've not read it in recent years but again when i was when i was younger kind of on my, my alice walker tip i read that a lot I don't know what it says about me, but the book that, that I've probably reread the most often is the complete run of the comic book series Fables, which is really, which is, which is, which is if, if you don't know, it is a, a comic book that um, fictionalizes that the all of the characters of Fables and, and storybooks um, have to escape their land because they're being oppressed there and find sanctuary here in the world of the mundane, the, the earth, uh, you know, with earthlings um, and adventures ensue. It's my favorite comic book of all time. And I find myself rereading that complete run probably because it's about 25 trades. It's a bit, it's a big, it's a yeah, big run. So I, I reread it probably about every two years. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We'll talk about that offline because now I'm ready to get into a deep, deep, deep dive, boring, nerdy conversation with you about (laughs) (laughs) that no one wants to hear. No, no. They want to talk to you guys about the alchemist and Parable of the Sword. Nobody wants to talk about comics with me. You know, come on, get out of here. Um, All right. We are going to get into our review with uh, Joanne Griffith of American Public Media. And for those who don't know, American Public Media, and I'm going to read this directly from their, from their website, American Public Media, it, they have podcasts and media for curious listeners. They are a media company that produces and distributes award-winning public radio programming to more than 1,000 public radio stations and 17 million listeners with a capital M every week. They are public media. And I believe 
2022, they are going to be rebranding themselves as American Public Media. We are Joanne Griffith because mm. she's like kind of like just is right, right. one of the head right. muckety mucks over there right. at APM Studios. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I work very specifically with the podcast unit. So I'm with um, APM Studios. And, you know, so we do a lot in the children's space, um, in lifestyle and culture, also news and investigations. So it's, it's you know, honestly, I would, I, I probably wouldn't say this to my boss, but I would, I would do my job for free because I get to, yeah. Watch all that. But, you know, at like kind of talking about being a nerd, even though I was a nerd about, you know, kind of like books and, and music as, as a kid, you know, I've been a nerd about audio for the last 25 years. You know, the, the yeah. world that mm -hmm. you can create through sound, the ways that you can connect people, the stories that you can tell, you know, all of those things. I, over the years, people are like, well, why don't you, why don't you work in, in TV? And I'm like, you got to wear too much makeup. You got to pay attention to what's in the background, what's on the screen. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I always think, I think the turning point for me, um, as an audio journalist really was, a, I, so I grew up in a town called Luton that has an airport. It's about 30 miles north of London. And okay. I always remember there, you know, there was always some drama going on at, at the airport. And there was this one particular day we got a phone call saying that a bunch of people were sitting on the tarmac because there were problems with a few, a few of the planes. So the newsroom that I worked for, we were radio and television. So I went to the airport one of my TV colleagues went to the airport. We left at the same time mm -hmm. and I got to the airport and I was able to kind of work my way through security and all the rest of it to get to the other side, to chat to the passengers and kind of figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, my colleague who works in television, because he had like, you know, and this, this is kind of going back like 20 years. So it was him. It was a sound guy. It was a camera person. Mm -hmm. you know, like small little crew. Yeah, yeah they, right. they weren't traveling light. And the airport was like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I can't, we, we can't <laughs> get all of y'all through and and all of that. So for me, it was that, that nimbleness of, it was like me, it was me and a recorder. And I was able to just kind of work my way through and I was able to get the story. And also people aren't as intimidated by having a microphone in front of them as opposed to That's having true. a big camera. That is true. So, you know, you fast yeah. forward 20 years now with podcasting. And what I really love about it is, you know, like we're, we're, we're sitting and talking. I'm in my house in Los Angeles. You know, you're all the way across the country. And technology has made it such that anyone that has a laptop or a phone can record audio. Mm -hmm. You know, there's free editing software out there. There's free music out there that you can mix into your podcast like it, it's the great democratizer if you like of how we share yes. information you know there aren't gatekeepers anymore if you want to make a show you can just make a show like that's what mm -hmm. we did it Very was true. like we, we you know it's it's we true. want to talk about every black movie that's ever ever made you didn't ask for permission you just did it so that for me is the beauty of audio and the beauty of podcasting in particular is just that freedom that people have to just make the things that they want to make, even if it's just for them and a couple of homies. And yeah. And, and yeah, so I get to do that every day. I get to listen to people. I get to look at pitches. I get to think about, you, you know, how can we create joy and how can we help people live better lives through through audio? So for, for me, I, I have the, the best job, truly the best job. 
Well, yes, you you do. You do. Yeah, and that's dope. Just, just speaking my language with that about podcasting, because one of the reasons why I enjoy doing podcasting, Vince likes to joke that I am a part of about 9,000 different podcasts. <laughs> um, it's, it's true. He it's is. It's only 8,980. <laughs> but anyway. And you could stop anytime you want it. I could. Um, but the reason why I enjoy it is because, like you said, it it, it is, you know, the the world of media has been democratized so much that everybody can still do this and they can get their stories out there and get it get it heard but i think and even though we love streaming live mm -hmm. to youtube and facebook and that people can see our faces and everything like that i think the beauty of a podcast is that it is audio it is in your ear it can go with you throughout your day you can walk and we can be a part of your world as you are going to the grocery store, as you are pumping your gas. You know, you don't have to be sitting right in front of your your phone or your computer. You can we can become like almost your friend. You know, that's that's the beauty. And I think that's the great reason why we have such a loyal fan base is because as many people as watch us on the live stream, there are thousands more that are listening to us in their ear and they are the ones that are writing us because it's like, Oh yeah. You know, I was listening to you while I was, you know, just driving along or, you know, some people, they be so engrossed in the conversation. They sit in the parking lot before they go to work. Cause they want to finish hear the thought. That's usually when they want to hear Vince's thought. They don't want to hear my thought, but it's, just, it's still, that's what happens. Oh yeah. Cause I'm deep. Is it time? It is time. Is it time? It is time. For the game of kings. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You and your game of kings. Yes, it is time for six degrees of Dervell Marcus. Yes. Vincent. Are well, you I will go from the thespian Dervell Martin to a person of your choice. Yes. In yes. six moves. Or less. That's right. Are you familiar with this game, Joanne? I have been briefed on this game. Yes. <laughs> okay. So basically what, what it is, if you want to play along with Vincent, what you have to do is you have to, um, using 70s exploitation character actor superstar, Derville Martin, in movies, you have to move from him to another actor and and no and no less no more than six movies and all right tonight all right here we go here I, we go I, i'm ready for you who baby. you got for me lynn you ready i am ready all right tonight it is going to be six degrees of derville martin two to raji p henson okay how am I going to get to Taraji P. Henson? Henson. From Derville Martin. Now, I've already mapped it out. Oh, no, no, no. I I'm actually finished. Oh, what? No, you get out of here. Oh, I'm finished. Okay. All right. What we got? What you got? What you got? So, Derville Martin, as you mentioned, has been in many films. He's actually been in some films that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to begin with Derville Martin in five on the black hand side. Okay. Okay. All right. 
where he played the oldest son of Mr. and Mrs. Brooks. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Mr. Brooks was a barber. Yes. One of the other barbers in the shop was played by Dick Anthony Williams. Okay. We've seen Dick Anthony Williams several times here on the mission. If you say so. He's probably best known for, probably to his chagrin, mm-hmm. as the rival pimp in the Mac. Oh, okay. Okay. He's the one that actually, uh, Goldie says, excuse me, Mr. Pretty Tony, because he <laughs> plays Pretty Tony. Mm-hmm. Your lady chose me. Okay. So we can sell this like gentlemen, or we can go outside and okay. get into some gangster stuff. We actually haven't reviewed the Mac yet. We haven't. Okay. We saw him in Uptight. Okay. Okay. But my favorite role that Dick Anthony Williams has played, especially for these purposes, a surprisingly nuanced depiction of Mr. Gilliam, the father of Bleak Gilliam in Mo Better Blues. Oh, wow. Wow. So with one move... I've now gotten to Denzel Washington, Wesley Snipes, mm. Giancarlo Esposito, oh boy. Samuel Jackson, Spike Lee, Bill Nunn. Charlie Murphy, Bill Nunn. Okay, okay, okay. All right. And the person that I'm going to get to Taraji P. Henson with, so I'm going to go from Dick Anthony Williams mm-hmm. to John Totoro. Okay. All right. From John Totoro, I'm going to jump to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. Which he was in with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. George Clooney was, of course, in any of your Ocean's Elevens films mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Who co-starred with Taraji P. Henson in the curious case of Benjamin Button. Very good, Vincent. Very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Joanne is giving you mm-hmm. a standing ovation for mm-hmm. that. Well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. Farrell Blackwell's in the chat um, believes that Dick Anthony Williams is actually the uh, father of comedian Dean Cole. So that was very oh. good. Very good. I'm not sure whether or not that, that is true. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Now, I had mapped out a similar path because mm-hmm. I had mapped out Derville Martin to the big score with Richard Roundtree. Oh. Who would then go on to star in Shaft from 2000. Oh, I see what you did. With, I see what you did. With Jeffrey Wright, mm-hmm. who was in Syriana with George Clooney who was in Ocean's Eleven with Brad Pitt to the Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons with Taraji Uh P. Henson. Uh Okay. All right. right. Very good. Very good, Vincent. Very good. And and despite your long soliloquy on the career of Dick Anthony Williams, Mm -hmm. you did get that rather fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You came in prepared, my Oh, friend. yeah. You said you had a harder one? I have a harder one. You have a harder one? I don't have a picture for this one. You have a picture? I, who, is it? who you got? I who got, you got? I got it. All right. Who you got? You said you're Let, ready. Let's see. Let's see. So I'm just going to give it to you. 
All right. Derville Martin, okay. To Janelle Monet. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Now you have to. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, I know. I just realized you can go the same path and just add one. I was about to. Say. I just realized that. <laughs> I just realized that. I just realized that you can go the exact same path and add one. Oh, okay. Well, now I gotta go. I'm, I've come up with a harder one. Okay. And this one I don't even have mapped out. You only got this mapped out. All right, so we got just this is just off the cuff. And, we and got. Joanne, you're free to play with this I'm one. About too. say. Well, fill me <laughs> in. All right. All right. We're dealing Joanne in. All right. I'm, come I'm, on. I may okay. not get anything because you're you're the like next level, but I, I will I will see if I can play along. Oh, we'll see. Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin. Two. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I don't even know anything she's in. Yes. You've caught me because I don't watch Kate Blanchett movies. Uh, but you do watch Kate. What's she in? Movie. Give me a movie she's in. The Aviator. Who's in there with her? Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Him I can work with. <laughs> here we go. Um, no. Um, here we go. Dick Anthony Williams. Okay. <laughs> Five on the black hand this side. This is going to be your connector for everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> D. Cole's daddy's going to get you everywhere. Okay. Mo Better Blues. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee is in school days mm-hmm. with Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne is in The Matrix with um how I just forget what's his name? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Oh, I messed up. Cause I was gonna go my private Idaho, but that's um River Phoenix. Yeah, that's River, River Phoenix. Yeah. I uh, think the movie you're thinking of is Gilbert Grape. I am thinking of Gilbert Grape with Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Thank you for the assist. Yes. Yes. Well, the correction. Yes. But um, <laughs> you still have not mapped it to Kate Blanchett. You, were you going- said Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo- no, I said Kate Blanchett. No, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio is in the aviator yeah. with Kate Blanchett. You haven't gotten to Leonardo DiCaprio. You're, you're at Keanu Leonardo Reeves. DiCaprio is in. You're at Keanu Reeves. With he's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. But you you are at Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves isn't in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. No. Who's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape with, with Leonardo Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp. <laughs> okay. You're getting your steamed broccoli. Mixed I, up. Am, I, I am. I am. I'm. I'm getting my. Character actors who transitioned into crossover action stars. Oh, so Johnny Depp. Yeah, so no, you haven't gotten there yet. Oh, I haven't gotten there. Any luck on your end, Joanne? I've got nothing. She's like, <laughs> like she switched rooms. She's like, I, I've got. Yeah, I've got nothing. I've got. I'm the, all I've got is. I'm Googling here. <laughs> what else was Kate Blancharding? 
Uh, she's well, she's in the aviator. She's in the um, I can't remember that movie's called The Candidate. Um, she's also in oh, what's that other movie? Yeah, see, you don't even know what movie she's in. No, I can't think of the name of it because it, it's a movie where she's like the, the, the going to be like the vice president, and I think it's called The Candidate, but I but I'm not sure. Um, Hey, that, I might she, be able to help you out here. Okay. So Johnny Depp starred with Kate Blanchett in The Man Who Cried. A 2000 drama film with Christina Rishi, Kate Blanchett, Johnny Depp, Harry Dean Stanton, and some other guy. Does that get us there? Is that it? Well, that do, that doesn't get us there because because Vincent because Vincent was stuck on Keanu Reeves, right, 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 on the passage and in, in the Matrix. So Johnny Depp. Now you went Lawrence Fishburne, and I got a funny feeling we can get to Lawrence Fishburne to Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. She's one of these actresses that it seems like she's famous. She's very famous. But I can't like put my finger on why. Because she's a she's a very talented actress. That you can't name anything she was in. I just named a bunch of stuff that you named the aviator and then it was a movie you didn't remember the title. (laughs) I well, I know the movie. I I just can't. I know exactly the movie and I just can't think of it. Wow. You know what she was in? What? The curious case of Benjamin Buttons. Boom, there you go. (laughs) You didn't even remember she was in it. About Kate Blanchard. She was in that. She was in a bunch of stuff. She was in Ocean's Eight. She's in Ocean's Eight. She's in the Lord. Yeah, because she's in the Lord of the Rings. That's that's yeah. She's because she's um the chick that gives everybody the their gifts. Oh well, Lord in the Rings. Then I go. Don't don't, don't be don't like oh now. Then I go from <laughs> um Keanu Reeves to Agent Smith. To her in Lord of the Rings. Okay, okay. Don't act like like I don't. I just don't know who she is. Okay, but you acted like like don't act. Oh, like, I got this. Look, you don't act like it. it's not a dozen blonde-haired actresses. They all look alike. They all kind of had the same roles. She's in Thor Ragnarok. She plays uh. She, hell, hell, what? Is oh, so she's right. She's got all the makeup and stuff on. She's the devil. The, the, right. The, anyway, that was fun. All right. <laughs> you found my weakness. Kate Blanchett. One of them actresses that look just like eight other actresses. She does not. She does not. She's a very talented actress. I, I didn't say she wasn't talented. I just said if she walked past me in Starbucks, I wouldn't recognize her. Okay. All right. That was fun. All right. All right. All right. We got to we got we got to keep it. Moving. All right. We got to keep it moving. Um <laughs> Kate Blanchard. Hey. Next week I'll do John Wayne. You be happy, okay? I can actually get to John Wayne. I'm sure. I actually thought about John Wayne. I'm sure you can get to Cuz you know why? And I'll give you a hint. John Wayne was in the shootest mm-hmm. with Scatman Crothers. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. All right. So there. You're halfway there for next week. Oh, yeah. We'll, oh, do, yeah. we'll do John Wayne. 
Yeah, right. Anyway, let's get it. Scatman Crothers is in coon skin with Philip Michael Thomas. Uh huh. You want to just keep this going? You want to backtrack to? I mean, Philip Michael Thomas Mm -hmm. is in Sparkle with Lynette McKee. Mm -hmm. And Lynette McKee is in Jungle Fever with Wesley Snipes. And Wesley Snipes is in Mo Better Blues with Dick Anthony Williams. Yeah, Dick Anthony Williams was in Five on the Black Hand Side. <laughs> with Dervo Martin. With Dervo Martin. No, very good. Very good. You proud of yourself? I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was actually trying to see. I was thinking of people I could get to. And I was like, could I get to John Wayne? And then I was looking at John Wayne stuff. And what was that movie he made Like where he, he was like a detective in the 70s? Like M- McSomething, McGinnis, or... Yeah, McGovern or Mc McGuy, some yeah, something, yeah, thing like that. But then I saw one of his last cowboy movies. Somehow, Scatman Crothers is in it. I actually think that's his last movie, The Shooters. Is that his last movie? Okay, I think that's a movie they did with Catherine Hepburn. That's his last movie. Oh well, Catherine Hepburn. I didn't even know that. It's, yeah, you could have got there and then one. She's in. <laughs> she guess who's coming to dinner with Dervo with Martin? Martin. <laughs> 70s superstar anyway all right all right everybody's throwing out all these names everybody they want to do woody strode mike tyson if next week next week all right 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 we've got a review we've got a review okay (laughs) you know i'm trying to remember who was who was uh i was like can i get to kirk douglas okay all right all right (laughs) you got joey you got joey doing spit takes (laughs) because i was thinking about woody strode (laughs) And all I can really think is is um, is it Spartacus? He's in he's with Kirk Spart- Douglas. He's in Spartacus, yes, with with uh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, but he struggles in a few movies. Anyway, you ready? I'm ready. Because <laughs> you know I'm sitting over here scrolling, I trying know. to remember what Kirk Douglas was in. I, I know, I know. Wow. Kirk Douglas, one of my favorite actors. I can name a bunch of his movies. Right. But that's not this. That's not the game tonight. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing. Was he in something with Michael Douglas? Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, Did they make a movie together? Just carry on, because <laughs> this is very entertaining. <laughs> I'm like, we do have a guest. I know. I know. <laughs> Doing a show for you. Anyway. Let's get into our review of Hidden Figures. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Isosceles, tetrahedron. I have never seen a mind like the one your daughter has. You have to see what she becomes. Come on! Move like that. Catherine, we all gonna end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk. You're welcome to walk the 16 miles. Oh, sit in the back of the bus. (laughs) You kiss me up! You have identification on? We're just on our way to work at NASA, sir. I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. Hmm. You know what we're doing here? 
We're putting a human on top of a missile, shooting him into space, and it's never been done before. I need a mathematician that can look beyond the numbers. Math that doesn't yet exist before the Russians plant a flag on the damn moon. You have someone? Running what I'm playing. Catherine's a gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. Don't embarrass me. This wasn't emptied last night. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not the... That Colonel Jim is a tall glass of water. He's coming over. Now, why would he be doing that? Because Mary's waving at him. Ow! Dorothy, slice of pie. I love one. You already have a slice uh -huh. of pie, Dorothy. Oh, left left found it. You're a computer at NASA. They let women handle that sort of... Yes, it's an uphill battle. Yes. They let women do some things at NASA, Mr. Johnson. And it's not because we wear skirts. It's because we wear glasses. We go from being our father's daughters to our husband's wives to our baby's mothers. You've been gone for 300 hours. Was mama gone for 12 and a half days? No, but it felt like it. It felt like it to me, too. It's crunch time. In 14 days, astronauts will be here for training. Everything we do is going to matter to their wives, to their children. I believe it's going to matter to the whole damn country. My gals are ready. We can do the work. That's John Glenn. What do you ladies do for NASA? Calculate your launch and landing, sir. Engineering. And I'm proud as the devil to be working with you. How could you possibly be ogling these white men? It's equal rights. I have the right to see fine in Africa. There's no protocol for women attending. There's no protocol for a man circling the Earth either, sir. Every time we have a chance to get ahead, they move to finish line. Every time. We all get there together, we don't get there at all. Let me ask you, if you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. Don't you know that we're able? Hidden Figures is a 2016 American biographical drama directed by Theodore Melfi, written by Melfi and Allison Schroeder. It stars Taraji P. Henson as Katherine Johnson, Octavia Spencer as Dorothy Vaughn, and Janelle Monet as Mary Jackson. Each of them, do, 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 three women who were African-American female mathematicians and engineers who worked at NASA at the beginning of their space program. The film also stars Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, Jim Parsons, Mirhershala Ali, as well as being the selection of our very special guest from American Public Media, Joanne Griffith, today. Joanne what do you have to say of Hidden Figures, this film? Did, I'm curious, the first time you saw this, did you see this in the theater? I did. I saw this in the theater, and I think I actually went by myself. It was, really? Yeah, it was. I, actually, in, in, in the before times, pre-pandemic, I would actually go to the movies by myself quite often, um, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. just to go to an afternoon matinee or... You know, if I didn't get to see something when it first came out, going to the, you know, the kind of the second run movie theater. So I'm actually pretty certain that I saw this by myself. 
um, I remember immediately coming out and buying the soundtrack by Pharrell Williams oh. was A1, top notch, like captured the vibe of the time, but with a new spin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, yes. and, and it's actually still one of my favorite movie soundtracks. Like I just played that beginning to end over, over, over and over and over again. It was so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember crying. You know, I remember feeling like, wow, this is a movie that celebrates us as black people, as black women. You know, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no violence. There's no drama in that kind of way. It's just real like, look, look what you can do if you are supported. You know, kind of the the movie opens with Katherine Johnson and her parents and she's a little girl. And they, you know, they discover basically that she's a mathematical genius. And yeah. mm-hmm. her teacher's like, you know, essentially like we, she, she has to go somewhere else. Like she's really special. You know, what more could she do if she's just mm-hmm. given the chance? And I think that's such a metaphor for life, you know, kind of what, what could we all do if we're just, if those doors are open and we're given chances and opportunities to do things to really fulfill whatever talent it is that we have. So I think I'll be boohooing there. I, I was, you know, boohooing when, you know, um, Taraji's character, Catherine, literally she kind of, she gets a promotion, doesn't get paid any more mm. money, but she gets a promotion to, you know, to kind of work on the big space mission. But, you know, this is America in the 60s. It, you know, it's kind of set in the segregated South. And there was no bathroom in the part of the NASA building that she was working in. So she had mm-hmm. to run. It was like a mile, half a mile one way to go yep. and use the colored restroom, as it was called back then. And then she'd have to run the half a mile back to get back to her mm-hmm. desk. So I was really upset by that. But then there's this moment where Kevin Costner, who kind of runs the administration or runs the space program, where she says to him, like, you know, she comes in like soaked head to foot because she's had to run and she's wet. And he's like, where have you been? Like, where do you go for 40 minutes every day? And she's like, there's no bathroom for me here. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, there Mm -hmm. is no colored bathroom here. And then he goes, you know, she picks, she says what she has to say. She screams the place down and then she picks up her sandwich bag and her purse and she very gracefully leaves. And then he basically goes over to the colored section and knocks down the sign and says, okay, and now we just have bathrooms. There's no colored bathroom. There's no white bathroom. It's, it's just a bathroom. And I think watching that scene, you know, kind of that's something that we take for granted, that there's a bathroom that you can go and use when, when you want. And to mm-hmm. think that she would have been in that position that, yeah, you want to perform a natural function and you can't do it because mm-hmm. of segregation, even though the space program was really reliant on her as a human computer to kind of do accurate numbers to send this man into space. Very true. Right. Very true. And right. like, wow, Very but true. you can't use the restroom that is most convenient to you. So I, I definitely had all of the all of the feelings of what it meant to, you know, to get past racism or to mm-hmm. operate gracefully and still be brilliant within racism. I was really touched mm-hmm. by that whole thing of, you know, kind of what it means when you're given an opportunity. But then also I think what makes me sad sometimes is just a lot of the themes that are in that movie about people not seeing beyond skin color 
and only kind of seeing what they want to see or not giving you credit. You know, the amount of times that Catherine would, she'd write the report and she'd write her name on the report authored by. Right. And her colleague was kind of like, yeah, you're a computer. You, you don't, computers don't author. Um, yeah. That, yeah. You know, they're, they're not authors. And it's like the number of times that people still are shut down for their talent and their work. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you know, so it's, amazing how it looks at history and it looks at science and it looks at innovation but still very much speaks unfortunately to a lot of the stuff that we're still dealing with here in at the tail end of 2021 so yeah most definitely i thought i thought um two things in regards to the whole bathroom and the computer thing were very were kind of like they weren't subtle because it was definitely like hard hard hit but uh, you still had to pay attention to it to really like piece it together because on the bathroom tip, yeah, she has to run a you know a half a mile away. Mm-hmm. She says to the colored bathroom, but I thought it was really in um, even more eye opening in the beginning of the film when she first you know gets this move into this big room from whence you know very like hardly any woman is in there. The only woman that's in there is the head guy's secretary. Right. And and that's because the secretary is going to be a woman. Other than that, it's all these white guys in their white shirts with their skinny ties. And she goes up to the only other woman there thinking, well, she'll be able to tell me where the lady's room is. Mm -hmm. And only for that woman who doesn't seemingly haven't seem to have like any type of axe to grind against her. It's just a matter of the times being what it is. She tells her there's no bathroom for you here. And, and that immediately like puts her back in her place Mm -hmm. of, you know, Oh, that's right. I'm in here because of my mind, Mm -hmm. but I'm still a black, I'm black woman. But then to the point of how, she can't have her name on the reports. It's, oh, I'm here for my mind, but not only am I still a black woman, really all they see me is, is an instrument. I'm just a computer. They don't even call me a woman. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all the, all these women that are in the, in the, the uh, computerized pool from which, from whence she came, they are all just, computers that's yeah. it so they are they they basically are just uh calculators tools for all of these white people so in a way they are they are still in a way uh slaves to whatever they do and right. it's just, well they're objects yeah they're just objects and that's all that's mm-hmm. all they see bare minimum for them you know there's a stark difference when you see everybody going to the cafeterias and they have to turn off to the colored cafeteria mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is basically like this pillbox of a room um with folded chairs uh as opposed to the nice shiny cafeteria on the other side um so it, it, it and this is not stuff that is played up in a big way because this, this that's not what this drama is trying to really publicize but it's it's st- still putting it up front for you to see mm-hmm. you know because it is still very much 
it's on the fringes of the story, but it still impacts the story because this is the world in which these these women have to operate, mm -hmm. you know? And I thought that was really, really cool. And just kind of pulling at that thread actually a little bit about the differences and how people were treat, treated in there. Like there was a real story about, about womanhood and about sisterhood mm -hmm. in Hidden Figures mm -hmm. as well. You know, you kind of, so for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, you, you know, you have essentially kind of these women who are the computers, they are the, the mathematicians, but you have the colored women, the black women, and you have the white women, you know, you have um, Octavia Butler. Um, Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Sorry, I'm like, as I was saying, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Octavia Spencer, <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure Octavia Butler would have had a whole lot to say, but you, oh, have, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have Octavia Spencer's character, um, Dorothy Vaughan, you know, she is mm -hmm. a supervisor of this large group of, we you know, probably about 20 or 30 black women. And, but she, she's like the interim supervisor. And when her boss played by Kirsten Dunst comes into the room, she's kind of like, Hey, you know, so I've been doing this supervisor job for kind of close to the year. Like what, what's up? She, she referred to Dustin, um, Kirsten Dunst's character as Mrs. Mitchell but mm -hmm. Mrs. Mitchell referred to Dorothy Vaughan as Dorothy. And it was yes, just like right. ever so subtle. It's like, yeah, you you are just, it, it's like that whole thing about being property. It's kind of like, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you are just this name. You're not, you know, because you take away that name. It's like, you're not a whole person, you know, kind mm -hmm. of, you're not, you're not married. Like even just the fact of just yeah. kind of not like Mrs. Vaughan, it's just like Dorothy, you know, you then but you then kind of also saw this sisterhood of you know Dorothy Vaughan when she so they basically further on in the movie and this I love this kind of this point of tension too but later on in the movie you see um, NASA buys a bunch of these huge kind of very early IBM computers and this is yep. kind of comedy scene mm -hmm. trying to get it into the room that no one measured it so they have to like bash down the door to, to kind of get it in it's there real top. you know yep. and it's and that was the guys that who did that who didn't measure it and they couldn't get in there mm. but you know <laughs> but Dorothy Vaughan we I love the fullness of her character because she's like oh what is it and they're like oh it's computers and she was kind of like oh well I I want to learn about that but she doesn't say it because she knows if, no. she, if she says it, they're going to be like, of course, we're not going to talk you, teach yeah. you. So you see that yeah. ingenuity. She goes to the library. It's a segregated library. You know, that there's a whole kind of scene there of how folks are kind of like, well, well, why, why are you here? And it's kind of like, well, I, 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 came, to, I came to get a book. And it's like, yeah, but your, your, your books are elsewhere. And it's like, yeah, but the book I want is here. That's right. And it's mm -hmm. like teachable moment with her children when she basically she takes the book and it's a book about computers, and she you know it's a teachable moment on the bus with her sons of like, yeah, I, I, I pay taxes. This book belongs to me. But the fact That's that right. she would then take the information that she learned in the book because she saw the future, she saw what was happening. Yes, and yes. she learned like she was the one that got the computer to work, and then mm -hmm. she turned around and she taught all of the people that exactly. she supervised. It was that kind of That's like right. each, each one teach one, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. so exactly. when, it, when the moment came of like, oh, well, we don't need the human computers anymore. She's like, it's okay. Like my, my girls are ready. Let's go. Yep. You know, and she yep. made sure that she was not going to leave anybody 
behind even when some of them were reluctant like wow this is going to be really hard and she's like no we got we got to learn it like this is this is job security but i also loved though how just these like nuggets of humanity that they sprinkled through the through the movie so to get to that point of seeing dorothy vaughn in the ibm computer room basically figuring out how how it worked what you had to kind of go way back to the beginning of the movie where they're driving into work, the car breaks down, and she's fixing the car. And right, right. Which he- lets you know that she already has the, the mind for mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yes. there was also like another tiny thing in there where she makes the point, my daddy taught me how to do this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, I, I didn't just arrive here. My daddy was here. I was part of a family, a whole family. And now I'm teaching my children how to do things in my community. So I... I love the film for that. Just that real subtlety of community and sisterhood and struggle. Mm-hmm. But everything wasn't miserable. You know, we saw scenes where right. like, I love the scene where Catherine Johnson or Catherine Gobel, as, as she is at the beginning of the movie, you know, she's a widowed, widowed mother of three. She lives with her mom. Her mom is helping her raise her girls. But the scene where... You know, she meets um, Mahersha Ali. It's this kind of, you know, they're at a church picnic and it's all very chaste and very lovely. But then we see another scene, you know, when they kind of getting to know each other a little better and they're dancing. It's just folks hanging out at a house, having a good time, having a drink. It's not, it was just lovely. It was, you know, it was even though the world outside was tough, it, mm-hmm, it showed mm-hmm. that there was nuance to blackness. You know, these were people who, yeah were not poor, who clearly were doing very well for themselves, thank you very much, held really good jobs. You know, their kids were in school. They were having a lovely time. And I was kind of like, yeah, we we often don't see that depiction of, you know, the the time of the civil rights movement, that kind of like late 50s, early 60s. It's We always see the struggle, but we don't often Mm -hmm. see that people were doing okay. And so like Mm -hmm. having that nuance... um, in the movie I thought was it very subtly pitted black and white but then kind of showed like yeah kind of black folks are many things not just the struggle you know we're not always on the struggle bus yeah <laughs> you know exactly right, right. yeah I, I I agree and I think one of the greatest achievements of this film it's almost like a bait and switch mm-hmm. where we all it was advertised as you know these three extraordinary women and their extraordinary careers. Mm-hmm. But within the film, I think the characters would agree they worked at NASA. Yeah. But this is their life. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, everything that we see in the church, everything we see with with the couples, you, you know, whether yeah. we're talking about Mahershala Ali's characters courting Kathleen or the moments that you know, you didn't mention Aldous Hodges. And, right. You know, love Aldous Hodges' character. As and, Mary Jackson's As Mary husband. Jackson's husband. Yeah. And their relationship. Mm-hmm. Be- because, you know, Mary's a, a firecracker. Mm-hmm. And you do think, you know, who's married to this firecracker? And it's like, well, this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get this sense of, of this young couple mm-hmm. full of all this passion and everything that goes along with it. And to your point, where you said they turn off into their own cafeteria, but the shots you see of the all white cafeteria, 
is like all kind of washed out mm -hmm. and sterile. And even though their lunchroom is small, you feel the warmth mm -hmm. coming off the screen. And, you know, like you said, Joanne, I love the fact that all three women's journey is rooted in family. Yeah. Most certainly. Like the very first scene is like, I love the way the very first scene sets it up that Kathleen is supported. Catherine. Uh, Catherine is supported and nurtured, you know, first by her parents. She goes to this all black school when she's a little kid. Mm -hmm. They make the, they, they make the, um, the comment that they've collected money yeah. mm -hmm. to help offset the cost. Mm -hmm. I love the detail after Catherine's first day that Mary and um, Dorothy wait for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. To give her a ride home. So, yeah. I what you know what I really loved about that opening and and everything that you two have said about it is is great. But what I what I loved about it watching it, especially in that you know, it's images of young Catherine kind of like walking that, through the woods and she's doing like math in her head and then she starts to see the shapes and they start kind of like kind of floating out. You kind of like what you they always do in like movies to depict somebody like working out problems and equations in their heads mm -hmm. and things like that. But the way that this plays out and everybody, you know, the parents and the teachers talking about how special she is and, you know, she's so young, you know, she's, she's only like 14. Yeah. Well, they want her in high school now. Like they, they want her now, you know what I mean? It played out almost like a superhero origin. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you could almost like have that whole beginning and then cut to and it's Nubia. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like 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 <laughs> like super sister, you know. So I I loved I love that part of it all. Um and that she does become basically this hero. You know, the story that you hear in in and when you do the research on the movie. Is that one of the things that Catherine then Johnson, you know, uh, Johnson ultimately said that she appreciated, uh, you know, the hoopla and, and the stardom and the book that gave birth to the movie and everything like that. But why I want to do a story about me? She was just, yeah. she was just like, it was just, it, 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 I, I, I did my job. It's what I do. It's what I do. It's what I did. As a matter of fact, she even speaks of, um, you know, because like you, you kind of touched on it, Joanne, a little bit in, in, in these films, there is always a little bit of, you know, dramatic license that is taken mm -hmm. some amalgamation of characters and scenes. Um, the scene where she basically does do the, you know, speaking out about having to run to the, the bathroom. That actually happened to Mary Jackson. Mm -hmm. That was actually a, a situation that happened to Mary Jackson, but it just made sense to like kind of like pull that into this one, this this main character because Mary Jackson is is off becoming an engineer mm -hmm. through for much for much of this movie, as opposed to Dorothy and Catherine, who are further along because they, you can see that they're they're older and they're further along on their career and they're in the midst of making career moves. So it made sense to, to pull that into Catherine's, Catherine's story uh, as our as our focal point for the movie. But 
I loved it because she, because the best heroes don't know their heroes. They're just doing what they do. Mm-hmm. They're th- like she as much as as much as she didn't like that you know they she went and got a cup of coffee and now all of a sudden there's a colored colored pot of coffee the next day. It didn't stop her from doing what she had to do. Mm-hmm. As much as um Jim Parsons character Paul kept telling her that computers don't author reports. She kept putting her name on the report and he had to keep telling her to take it off. Um she was not a, as much as he redacted from the numbers that mm-hmm. she was supposed to pull. She was just she just like every sister I know is like, "Well, I'm going to get this done, so I'm going to have mm-hmm. to see you know, mm, <laughs> Atlas, and then just casually just walk up to that blackboard. I don't care if y'all looking at me. Something don't look right here. Let me do this and make this right. She just she was just doing her job, just doing living her life, and it was it was wonderful. And as fans of Taraji P Henson, I can see why she got a claim for this role because she is like spot on. All three of them are spot yeah. on in this movie, especially Octavia Spencer. You talked about Joanne, the scene where she ultimately, you know, teaches her girls to also run the IBM computer, the big IBM mm-hmm. computer. My absolute favorite moment in this film is when she pulls a card on Kirsten Dunn's character. Like, yo, you don't want to... They want me over there. They got to take my girls. That's right. Mm-hmm. And she's she is, and the next thing you know, she walks into the room, and what she says is, "Ladies, we have been reassigned." But what she means is, "Squad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because the next scene is the ladies. Walking down, That's and it's right. a, it's yeah. a scene out of every astronaut movie, every army movie, every crew thick movie. The chicks are walking down; mm-hmm. they're just stepping all thirties of these ladies walking into the IBM room. And I love just the little subtle touch as they walk into the room. All those white guys, hello, ladies. I loved it because they weren't computers. Now they were ladies yeah. because they had a job to do. I, lo- I loved that part. I loved it. Yeah. I Actually, it, it's so funny you said that. It, and I love how it's kind of slow-mo. Like you say, it's that the spaceman walking mm-hmm. up to the gantry <laughs> and we're getting yep. on. It was like, yeah, it, it's really cool. But just, just a point, though, on that computer room and just that whole kind of computer scene, too. Did you notice that kind of there was like a little bit of tension and I'm assuming that it was intentional that they were trying to kind of create between, you know, this new world of the computers and the human computers of Catherine. So you have that scene where Kevin Costner's character is saying to, to Catherine, like they're, they're really close to, you know, to kind of doing the launch and it's like, mm-hmm. well, Hey, you know, that the, the IBM computers are up and running now, you know, all of the numbers for this launch is going to be done via the computers like basically we, we kind of don't need you anymore and then you almost you know and then you have that scene of, of you know of kind of Dorothy Vaughan kind of standing in the IBM room kind of like okay like we're good we're, we're here but I love that they didn't it was it was really subtle because it was it could have been seen as kind of black woman against black woman 
Mm, right. But it was also a story of kind of new world, old world, you know, yes, kind oh, of yeah. we're, we're about to kind of hit space. We're about to kind of go into a new frontier, but we're still here on Earth. It's also that, that kind of like digital analog kind of little bit mm-hmm, of friction. Mm-hmm. But even in amongst it all, because where like when she was done, where did she go? Like she she went back to where she started with, yeah. with, with, yeah, with right. her girls. And they were still good because it was still mm-hmm. that thing of like no no matter what, like like we're we're a pack and we roll deep, like we're a squad. Yes. So it doesn't matter that and there was no jealousy. There was no, oh well, look at you, you went over there, you think you're special. It was like no. And and I actually think that Dorothy Vaughan says it or, or Tavis Spencer, it's kind of like, you know, essentially kind of like a win for one is 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 exactly. actually is a win for all of us. Like no yes, no yeah. matter what. So yeah, I, I think for all of those reasons, for me, it's um, it's feel good, but it's rooted in nuance and reality. And like, honestly, like how we all should be conducting ourselves in the workplace, you know? <laughs> I was about to say, it's, it's almost like an instruction manual. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Very because I so. did appreciate the fact that it didn't become the Katherine Johnson story yes. mm-hmm. like it really was about all three of them i mean obviously she's the lead character but but like you said there was no rivalry no you know one of us wins all of us win mm-hmm. and frankly the only way one of us can win is if all of us win together what is it you, you know you go fast or you can go far yeah right yeah and you right. know by yourself you can go fast but all of us can go far mm-hmm. and it is that it's it it's a theme that just goes throughout the film i like also you speaking of just subtle tension that could have played differently in less capable hands in that in the beginning when you see mary jackson with her husband played by aldous hodge there's a little bit of tension about her going to become an engineer mm-hmm. he snipes at her for staying out late, you know, you, you already don't come home, you know, from the job that you have. And now you're talking about taking night classes, you know, and there's a little bit of tension in there. And also you spoke to them. They are the younger couple. So he used, there's a scene of him watching the television and he is actually he is actually, you know, you see him like bristling a li- at a, a couple of the reports, you know, of mm-hmm. what's going on in the real world, in the real world there, um, juxtaposed to her, you know, in, in his eyes, you know, fantasy of, you know, you're going to be at NASA and they're going to make, let you be an engineer and everything like that. And that never really bubbles over because the next scene you see is him coming to her because she's now going to be taking the night classes yeah. and he's got the, the, the pencils, the for mechanical her. pencils, he's got the mechanical pencils for, her. and it's, and it's all about being supportive. It's all about, you know, and hey, you're going to do this. So I'm, I'm going to be here with you, but it doesn't erase what happens because she does say, don't you make me mad at you again? Mm-hmm. Because it, it, because that's that's the reality. That's yeah. the reality. Because over a course, couple of days, reality sets in, and you just keep on, keep on moving on, and keep on living. I, I just a beautiful touch in that movie. 
Yeah. It's it's incredible. And and I think too, like I said, that the kind of the sisterhood and I love that you mentioned that thing about um about the young couple and, and actually in all of the couples, I think what as as a woman, you know, as as a career woman, what stood out for me really was they were all loved and cared for in their entirety. You know, mm-hmm. kind of their their partners recognize like, oh, she's smart. <laughs> And and she's gonna do this anyway, and and not kind of a not in a oh let me fall in line kind of way, but it's like, like I love I love the scene where Mahershala brings brings Catherine or brings Taraji soup because she has mm-hmm. flu, yeah. And he's also bringing stuff for his girl. I will say that Taraji looked really good for a woman that had the flu. I will say that I was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really, sis? Are we are we sure? Like, because I don't look like that when I have flu. I don't look like that on a regular day. Just saying. It, 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 it's still a movie, right? It's yeah. it's still Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, we're not ready for the for the real, real. But but yeah, just just how that they they were loved and cared for, and allowed to be the brilliant women that mm-hmm. that, that they all were. And it was really that sense of it takes a village. It's not something even having children that kind of understand what you do even though they may not like you being away you know and I love too that we didn't see this kind of them all having to kind of rush home to be mom and wife and cook and clean and everything else it was you know I'm sure that that was intentional not to kind of create that work-life balance thing it was kind of like we're doing something really important for the world or for the Mm -hmm, country And you no, know, I will say I know I know we're probably kind of like bumping up from time. I think one other scene that really is worth mentioning is the one where the um, the space crew traveled to I don't know it's Cape Canaveral or wherever it was that they were, and you had the lineup with all of the, oh, yeah. all of the white scientists. You have a mm-hmm. big gap, and then you had all of the like the black computers, and mm-hmm. you know they're shaking hands and they're all like, oh yeah, he's that person, he's that person. And then you see John Glenn be kind of like, oh, wait, well, wait, hold on. There, there's more people. There's more people yeah. over here. Let yeah. me let me just go say hi. And again, it's just like the very subtle ways that the movie dealt with race and racism and segregation and the realities of that time. Just yeah. subtly. He just kind of been like, yeah, like, you know, again, set, setting up that tension of, you know, essentially kind of Catherine is the one who's going to help him get up there with her math you know that's right kind of like yeah, the, com- yeah. the, the computer kind of didn't get it right at one point and it was like no I, I want i want i want the human computer to do to run the numbers and if her numbers say it's a go then 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 we go i love that scene yeah. like, that scene kind of gave yeah. me chills well, it was kind of like the world is reliant on a black woman <laughs> you know? well uh, again back to something we said at the very beginning because i, I will say it. I never heard of this story. Mm-hmm. I never heard of these women. I never heard, you know, there was a room full of black women doing space math. Mm-hmm. You talked about how they, they took um, liberties and, and they adapt things, but that part is absolutely true. The whole John Glenn thing. Like, yeah. like it wasn't, you know, down to the wire like that, but John Glenn said, I want Catherine Johnson to I check the math. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. How, how do we not know that? Like, yeah. how is this not a, a story that's not been told since then? 
yeah. that a black woman was the one that was given the go no go because that because unfortunately that's just the way those things that, that they were hidden figures right mm-hmm. you know Literally. and and that, and that was no more no more real than when she comes with you know after checking everything and races the figures there i mean like like you said it didn't actually play out like that in real life but in the movie for tension's sake it runs right uh, like as he's hitting the on button on a rocket <laughs> right right you know um and sh- she's racing there with a guy next to her a, a, a white guy next to her right um they raced the half mile away from where the from where the the colored um computers were which side note you know i've got sometimes i have to pick a nit when she originally runs out there because she has to go to the bathroom and she comes back and she's she's wet because she ran in the rain and that's when she has her big rant to kevin costner who shout out to kevin costner he's very good in the film as well he she is. mentions i can't take you know they got some kind of like on campus bike thing that I, I and i think the illusion is that black people can't take that right um you, you're not allowed when the white guy ran, first of all, why'd he run the half mile? He could have taken one of the bikes bike. to, yeah. to, to go there and again. There was a lot going on. Or he could have got or he could have but he knew they were up against the clock. John Glenn was in space trouble. It, 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 right. If you know you're up against the clock, you get on the bike. He, he was just distracted. Uh, it's space trouble. Well, okay. All right. Go get the black woman to do some space math. Well, then one of them should have said, let's get on the white bike so that we can get back there in a decent time. But anyway, <laughs> I, my aside is over. I just noticed that. And I was like, eh. anyway. So, but then when they do get up there, he takes the, they, they run right to the door. He goes in because he's got a badge. And then they, boom, yeah. close the door right there. And at, at, at that point, I, I said it to myself, like, hidden figures. She's outside. She's she's on the other side of that door. Yeah. And in shadow. In sh- in in shadow. Yeah. Now, Kevin Costner shot. then comes in and lets her in. But, and this is a, another little subtle thing. One, Kevin Costner's character is an amalgamation of other characters. Right. So you don't know 100% whether or not that happened. Two, when he is in the room, when she does enter in the room and see how everything is going down, she pretty much only talks to two people, Kevin Costner and Jim Jim Parsons. So again, you're not with... At the end of the day, you don't know whether or not that actually... She Mm -hmm. actually was in in that room. And I have to... I assume that her being in that room is a little bit of the movie magic. Right. Because to your point, the reason that story stays so hidden is because she's actually on the other side of that room and she's not the one to be able to tell that story of exactly where these figures came came from. And and John Glenn to, you know, he you you said he said Katherine Johnson, but we know right the words that they use in the movies actually are his actual words and he said the girl right he didn't the girl. know he didn't know her name yeah. right so yeah. he couldn't then yeah. go forward right. with her name as but, well but he knew who he was talking well, about oh he, he knew, knew exactly who he was talking about right. though right. right yo 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 he knew exactly who he was talking about yeah. but um so th- th- that's why their story remains remained hidden and that's why it's 
that much more of a triumph that this story is now told. And 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 think about it. By the time that they're told, Katherine Johnson was ninety seven years old. I'm just glad she was alive to yeah. yeah. And yeah. she was unfortunately see, the only one you know, alive at that time. You know. but yeah, to receive a celebration. So as, as we uh, come to the end, Joanne, that leaves us with the question: Would you recommend that people watch? Hidden figures. No, terrible movie. Don't want no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, a plot twist. <laughs> like a thousand percent, yes, you know, it's good. If you have young children, especially if you mm-hmm. have like little girls, you, you know, yeah. it's kind mm-hmm. of like you can like don't be scared of numbers. Don't be scared of science. You know, you know, I always, I always hear like so many little boys, I want to be an astronaut. I want to go to space. And I still don't feel like I hear enough little girls and young women saying that, you you know, kind of, I I feel like maybe our, our our examples, especially for kind of young kids of color and, and like little black girls, it's, you know, we got Mae Jemison, but there's a lot of other folks who, you know, working in space programs and what have you, but don't don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of numbers and science and all of that. You know, you you could be a, a Catherine Johnson or a Dorothy Vaughan or, you know, a Mary Jackson. Who knows what discoveries are out there kind of waiting for us. But it's a really great family movie. You know, you learn some history while you're there. I'd say if you've mm-hmm. not read the book that all of this is based on, definitely read that too because that's super informative. Yes. But you know, I think it's just a great, a great entree into thinking about, you know, our history, and you know that there are so many different stories about things that we as Black people have contributed to, and you know, I, I wish there were more versions of, of of hidden figures, on all kinds of ways that we've contributed as as Black folks. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent recommend watch it. And and the thing is, I very rarely buy. Um, movies on on dvd because why but but that is one that we actually own yeah okay that's how that's how much as a family we really enjoyed it so yeah and of course now we just have it on streaming but whatever we still have it as (laughs) we still have it in many ways that's right on a dvd just to just to kind of have it like that and like black panther there's ones that you should you should just have a hard (laughs) copy of you know Uh oh i i I sense a special Vincent, what's on your shelf? What's on your shelf? What should be on your black movie shelf? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Black Panther, Hidden Figures, I can come off with the top of my head about five other films. Lethal Weapon 2, of course. Uh, uh, mm. The magic's back. <laughs> Bear him no mind. Would you recommend people watch Hidden Figures? Of course. Of course. I, I'll, in, in, in addition to everything that Joanne said, I would also add, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Like the acting is superb. The, the directing, you know, you mentioned that, that wonderful scene with her right outside the door. I love the scenes in the community. Mershala Ali proposing to her and the little girls. Yeah. Actually choked me up a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, like Mm -hmm. it's wonderfully acted. It's wonderfully shot. The sets, the costumes, everything is wonderful just as a movie mm-hmm. in addition to all of the other value that it has. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And I also want to shout out you. You shout out uh, Mahershala Ali. Octavia Spencer, of course, was nominated for an Oscar Academy Award um, for her performance in this film. Um, I want to shout out and we, I mentioned Kevin Costner, Jim Parsons and Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. both, who both. Um, and I I appreciate them taking the challenge, but they had the thankless jobs of being jerks in this movie, of, of being amalgamations of, well, Jim Parsons' character is actually a real character, um, Paul Stafford, but um, but being people who were, you know, subtly, like it was, theirs was a subtle mm-hmm. uh, prejudice that was shown. Like they weren't like, you know, you know, raving, you know, racist in any way, you know, uh, Dorothy has that great line with Kirsten Dunn's character when Kirsten Dunn's character says, you know, quite as kept, I have nothing against uh, yeah. you people. And Dorothy says, I know that. And um, I'm, I'm glad that you think you do, you know, go, go yeah. ahead, Joanne. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It was exactly that. It was kind of like, yes, I'm sure you, I'm sure you believe that. Yes, yes, I'm exactly. Sure you believe that. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, and, and was beautifully done, beautifully done, beautifully played. And Kirsten Dunst was beautifully acted in this in, in this film, as well as Jim Parsons. If you only know him from Big Bang Theory, he actually shows you uh, different shades in this film. Um, so uh, I appreciated th- their work. And like Joanne said, this is a film, you know, if you don't have it on your shelf, this should definitely mm-hmm. be in curriculum. Uh, curriculum in schools everywhere from elementary and then rewatch it in high school where you can pick it apart some more and then revisit it in college as well because this is a film that uh, and a story that is worth being uh, told and shared um, from here on yes absolutely hidden, hidden no more as they say all right all right. Well, that will bring us to a close to this yes. episode of the Michelle Mission. Joanne Griffith of American Public Media. This was, first of all, a delight to it have you was. on our show. Thank you for bringing this to us. Thank you. This was, it was really cool. I, I actually noticed in the chat, I don't know if you um, saw that uh, Farrell Blackwell said that Joanne, you have a great voice for radio and your accent is so much better than Tina Turner's. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so the, the missionaries definitely enjoyed uh, listening to you. Um, and, and I invite you all to go check out uh, American Public Media, all of the, the great things, all the great podcasts that they have, AmericanPublicMedia.org. Um, this, we're talking to their their head podcaster. They they got Tig Notaro's uh, podcast. That's enough said right there. <laughs> when I saw that y'all had had Tig, I mean, who who Tig is a treasure. I love Tig. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I heard y'all had our podcast, I was like, all right, I'm done. That, that's that they they win. <laughs> Joanne for the win. So God bless them. God oh, bless them. Well, thank you so much. And you can actually find our podcast stuff at an easier um, website, apmstudios.org. 
org, apmstudios.org, and that'll take you to TIG and Nora and all of our kids stuff and a bunch of other things. There you go. All right. There you go. Thank you so much. Um, yes. And for all you missionaries who have sat through the technical difficulties that we had at the top of the show, we appreciate you all. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to, to email us all of your thoughts and concerns. You can email us at the Michaud mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social media. It's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube at Michaud Mission, which is M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Two Men, One Podcast, every Black film ever made, where you can go to our website and hit swag and check out all the cool designs and gifts that we have available for you by way of our good friends at T Public. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right, next week, uh, we begin our, our Christmas shows. Well, we started with Trading Places. Okay, we did start start with trading mm-hmm. places. That's true. That's true. But you know, that's 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 while it is Christmassy, it's Christmas adjacent. Okay, we are actually we doing are in it now. We are in. We are, we are in are, it. We are we are standing under the mistletoe. That's my right, friend. Eggnog and peppermint sticks. Uh, uh, yes, yes. But I was specifically putting us under the mistletoe because okay. next week. We are watching your film. Yes. From 2020. Yes. Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. A Christmas Journey. Yes. Starring uh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Um, Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad. And Keenan Michael. Keenan Michael. Key, yeah. Key. Key. And, and um, I believe, mm-hmm. let me see. Mm-hmm. Who did I forget? Who did you forget? Who could I have forgotten? gotten i believe an actress named anika noni rose yes. might be in this anika noni, anika rose. noni rose just to let you know joanne anika noni rose that is uh vincent's north star he loves himself so she's quite talented that's what he said <laughs> yes that's what he says on air when his wife is watching us. <laughs> Don't get yourself in trouble, man. <laughs> so next week, ladies and gentlemen, Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. A Christmas Journey here on the Show Mission. Until then, he's Vincent, I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>